The city plans to move hundreds of migrants into a closed elementary school in Chicago's South Side, and Woodlawn residents are pushing back. Indy Kara is a Metro reporter at WBEZ, and she's been following this story. Hey, Indy. Hello. Catch us up. How in the world did we get here? Yeah, so the conversations around making the shelter have been going on since the fall. Um, there's been quite a bit of back and forth. The alderwoman Jeanette Taylor said that she was informed about it back in October. Then the city said, you know, we're not going to do this. And then in December, they came to her and confirmed, okay, we're going ahead with this plan. There's been a few community meetings over the last month or so, but residents are really, really frustrated with yeah. how fast this has happened. And yeah. Tell us about those frustrations. What what exactly are the residents' concerns? Yeah. So I think the biggest one is just the lack of transparency, that this thing has happened and been planned over the course of like a month and a half and residents weren't consulted. There was very little community engagement from the city going forward. There were community meetings, but, you know, the people I was talking to said that they really felt like they were just being told that this was happening and it wasn't much of a back and forth at all. There is also a good amount of concern just about how these migrants are going to fare in this neighborhood. You know, Woodland is not a primarily Spanish-speaking neighborhood. Mm -hmm. A lot of these people are coming from Venezuela, uh, and it's important that they are around people who can communicate with them in a space where they feel comfortable. So residents were also worried about that. Um, And then there's, you know, this other idea that Woodlawn is a vulnerable community and they have been asking for a lot of resources from the city and are now being tasked with taking on uh, a project and uh, acclimating a group of people Mm -hmm. that are quite vulnerable. So it's a vulnerable community and vulnerable people. And and here on Reset, we have talked a number of times about how the city plans to fulfill housing needs for the many asylum seekers that are here in Chicago now, you attended the public meeting uh, this past weekend. It was hosted by the, the mayor's office of community engagement. Yeah. Do I have to ask, what was the general mood? It was frustrated. I think right away you could tell that most of the residents who were there came to air these frustrations with yeah. the city. And, you know, even though there was like a panel of officials sitting on stage and they were sharing details about this plan, it just, I think, was not being received. Did they make clear at all why they chose Woodlawn? Like, why why change this school building to a shelter? Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's largely because it's a vacant space, but residents have also been confused just about, like, you know, an elementary school isn't meant to house people. There aren't great facilities for that. So not explicitly clear as as much as just a vacant space that was available. We know city officials, uh, they presented a a safety plan Mm -hmm. to prevent loitering. Were residents satisfied with that? I don't think so, no. I mean, so the city has said there's going to be security outside and inside the building and that there will be frequent patrols being made around the area. Um, But one resident I spoke to, Kimberly Scott, said that she was still really worried about what it was going to look like because... Again, there just hasn't been a lot of transparency, in her opinion, around the plans. And she just described everything as being very fluid. So I think, honestly, no matter what the safety plan gets presented Mm -hmm. as, um, because of that lack of consultation and engagement, people are just concerned and don't feel that there's a reason to really trust that. Yeah. And we've been brushing on this a little bit, the Mm -hmm. the racial tensions, but I want to get into it a a little bit more. There have been concerns about the impact that the issue is going to have on black Latino relations Mm -hmm. in the area. 
What can you tell us about that? And, and what exactly are you hearing from the people you spoke with? Yeah. So quite a few of the residents that I spoke with said that they feel frustrated that it's sort of being perceived as a black-brown issue. They said that their concerns about safety and how it'll impact the neighborhood are really driven by this lack of engagement and a lack of consent. However, I also spoke to uh, Benji Hart, who is a resident. They wrote a great op-ed in the Southside Weekly, and they feel like a lot of these concerns around safety and how the neighborhood dynamics are going to change are kind of steeped in some anti-immigrant, anti-migrant bias. So Mm. I think it, it really depends on who you ask. Um, Some folks feel like, no, it's just that nobody asked me what Mm -hmm. was going to be going on in my neighborhood. And others feel like that rhetoric is a little charged. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the community leaders. Right. Because I mean, I feel like they're maybe just as charged up about this move. But some are saying, you know, there's validity to both sides of the conversation. Yes. So, yeah, I talked to Sylvia Puente, who is with the Latino Policy Forum, and um, she said that there is validity to both sides of this conversation. Right. That. There is a neighborhood that needs resources and who was not at all consulted on something that is really going to impact the community. But on the other hand, there is also a humanitarian crisis that we need to address and a worldwide migrant need to to find housing for these people. So I think that she then said it's ultimately up to institutions like the city to find a way to both protect vulnerable long-term residents and vulnerable newcomers. And that's where it just comes down to transparency and communication. And where does Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor come down on all of this? Yeah, Alderwoman Taylor has also been very frustrated. You know, in our interview, you could just feel, I think, how upset she is at the lack of consent, um, that nobody came to her community and asked, that she herself wasn't really consulted in a way that she would have liked to have been. Um, And I think, you know, now they're going to make it work as a community. The situation is happening. But uh, she, too, has expressed pretty openly uh, that she's frustrated. So what does the city say to the the question of the fact that you're placing a vulnerable population in Woodlawn that also needs support? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do they say to that? I mean, it. At the meeting on Saturday, it really just felt like it kept coming back to this idea of, you know, this is a humanitarian crisis and we all need to work together to help find housing for newcomers to Chicago. And also they were pretty explicit that the resources that are going to be directed into the shelter are not coming out of the community. They're not taking away. Um, It's kind of a separate process. So those were like the two big points that they tried to stress, you know, that it's, it's an all-hands-on-deck situation. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we're talking about community pushback over a new migrant shelter in Woodlawn with WBEZ Metro reporter Indy Kara. So like we said, Indy, this planned housing for the asylum seekers, mm-hmm. it's in a former elementary school. Can you give us a little bit of the history there? Why did it close? Yeah, so Wadsworth was closed in 2013 and a big swath of well, almost a decade school ago. closures. Yes. And then there was a charter school there for some time that left, I believe, around 2018. And since then, the space has been vacant. Um, but Benji talked to me a lot about this, that the closure of the school was really devastating for the community. It was a hub for young people that was taken away. Um, And then ever since the charter school has left, it's just sort of been this vacant spot. So I think there is a legacy around the school and a particularly painful history that also makes people um, feel disrespected Mm -hmm. by this decision. So how early then would the asylum seekers be expected to move in? So the date has been 
pushed. And at the last meeting, they said this week. But then last night, um, the, uh, the mayor's office of community engagement sent out an email that said that it was going to start happening today. Um, and that, wow. yeah, warning residents that they're going to start seeing increased activity because they're anticipating a move in um, starting today. I was down there yesterday and there was a lot of activity going on. So there's no chance right now as as we speak that the building could not be converted to this migrant not as shelter? I it's happening. It. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, any conversation happening at this point about how the shelter could be used in a way that just benefits both the community and the migrants, because it's got to be yeah. some sort of meeting in the middle. Here. Right, right. Well, I think Benji spoke on this really well. They talked about how there's this conversation around resources, but the shelter is not really a huge resource for these migrants because it's it's temporary. It's a scary place to be. It's you know going to be a stressful situation. So. I think that the Benji felt that the real opportunity would lie in the migrants and long-term Woodlawn residents coming together and saying, you know, this temporary shelter is not a real investment for either of us. And we want a real investment. We want to come together as two groups and ask for the resources that we both deserve. So I think not technically, but in a broad sense, yes, there's there's definitely momentum to do that. Well, what else are you going to be keeping your eye on? I think I'm going to be really curious to see how this process unfolds. You know, the city is get whiplash with the back and forth. <laughs> the city has said that they're going to be housing people there for up to two years. So I'm really curious to see how the community reacts to that. Um, but I also think, you know, there's going to be opportunities for collaboration, working together, asking for resources. And I'm, I'm excited to see what that looks like. Indy Kara is a Metro reporter at WBEZ. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you so much for having me.